0: It was a nice day in middle of the winter. It wasn't cold. It wasn't hot. About 62 degrees. The sun had begun to set already a little bit later than the beginning of the winter. And so when the boys came home from school, there was time to actually go outside and play for a little bit. It was one of those unusual days that Chaim and Sammy actually were getting along. And so both were standing in the backyard tossing a football from one to the other. Sammy, Chaim called, throw me a a, a pass in front of me. I'm going to run and catch it. And Sammy tried. Chaim tried to catch it. He crashed into the garage. Sammy, you have to throw it in front of me, but close to me, not in front of me, like far from me. Now I have to go on the other side of the garage to get this football. And Chaim was throwing to Sammy also. Sammy said, throw me a grounder. A grounder in football? Oh, right, I didn't mean that. Throw me one right to me. Uh, Make a twirl. You mean spiral? Right, make a spiral. And Chaim threw the ball to Sammy. Now as they were throwing back and forth one to the other Chaim standing closer to their house Sammy standing closer to the fence at the back of their backyard Chaim decided it's time to test Sammy's reflexes and he took the football and he threw it with a tremendous amount of force. Sammy jumped up to catch the football. And his hand nipped the football. And the football went flying over the fence. It landed, splat, into a big bucket of paint that Mr. Smith was using to paint his house. But that wasn't the only thing that happened. You see, the bucket of paint was on top of the ladder, and when the football landed splat in the bucket of paint, the bucket of paint fell off the ladder, and it fell down to the ground. Now, that wouldn't have been so bad if Mr. Smith had not just taken off his fancy, dancy, Gucci shoes, very Khosheva shoes, and put them on the ground as he put on his work boots, And the paint bucket now fell flat, splat, upside down on his shoes. Mr. Smith let out a cry. What's going on here? He ran up the ladder and he met the eyeballs of Sammy. Oops. And Mr. Smith was upset. Mr. Smith said, you owe me money for my shoes. They cost $427 a piece. What? We can't pay that money. Well, you owe me the money. Because you put the football over my fence. Into my paint. Which knocked the bucket onto the ground. Into the shoes. Well, Sammy felt really bad. He really did. Because he didn't mean to ruin anybody's shoes. And Sammy looked at Chaim. And Chaim shrugged his shoulders. It's not my fault, Sammy. Sammy. I threw the ball and you're the one who touched it and knocked it up over the fence. So it's your fault. It's my fault. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's my fault that the shoes are ruined because you touched it and knocked it over the fence. Which got it into the bucket? Which got it onto the floor? Sammy shook his head back and forth. He said, I, I just, I just don't think so. And. That night, Mr. Smith, after davening, went up to the Rav and said, Rav, is it possible that I ask a question? Sure, Mr. Smith, but what's the problem? Rav, the boys were playing in their backyard, and they got my shoes ruined. They spilled paint all over my shoes. Do they have to pay for the paint? Do they have to pay for the shoes that they ruined? The Rav stroked his beard for a few minutes. And he said, "Yes, I, I think they do. They, they they ruined your shoes. They they have to pay." And so Mr. Smith, on his way home from school, knocked onto the door of Sammy's home. Sammy's mother opened the door. "Hello, uh, Mr. Smith. What can I do for you? Are your boys home?" Uh, "Yes, sure. W- which one would you like?" "I'd like both of them." Uh, "Sure. Is everything okay?" "Everything's great." "Would you like to wait inside the living room?" "No, I'll talk to them here." And Mrs. Sammy went inside. She called upstairs. Sammy, Chaim, uh, somebody at the door for you? And Sammy and Chaim come running downstairs, each thinking it's their friend, whether it's Beryl or Maishi. And they come to a screeching halt when they see in the doorframe Mr. Smith. And they turn around. And as Chaim starts to walk away, Sammy kind of kicks the door with his foot. And the door starts to close into Mr. Smith's face. But he puts his foot in the doorway and stops the door and says, Boys, I am here to talk to you. And their mother says, Boys, don't be rude. Boys, I spoke to the Rav. Yeah? And the Rav told me that you're Chayiv to pay me for my shoes. Chaim's face went white. $400 per shoe, $800. He, he doesn't have that much money. Sammy looked at Mr. Smith and Sammy's face was not white. Sammy's face did not show any concern and Sammy shook his head back and forth from left to right as if to say no. What are you trying to say, Sammy? Mr. Smith asked. I am saying no. I'm sorry. We are not paying you any money. And Mr. Smith said, What do you mean? I spoke to the Rav and the Rav said you owe me money. And Sammy said, because in class, today, just today, in Gemara class, my Rebbe was teaching us all about a different topic. Chad and Kavis and Kavis and Chad. Chad and Kavis. I mean I mean Chavis and Chad and, and, kad and Chavis. A whole different speech. And my Rebbe taught us the following rule that the Gemara paskins. Chaim was interested. You listened in class? Of course I listened in class. Do you remember this rule from last year? No, not really. Ein holchen b'mamayn achar harav. That you don't go, when it comes to money, you don't follow the Rav. You what? The the rule, it's a rule, it's an important rule. When it comes to money, you don't follow the Rav. Money, the Rav, whatever he rules, you don't listen. So if the Rav ruled we have to pay, that means we don't have to pay. What? What? That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you follow the Rav? Why would you go to Rav to ask Shiloh if you're not going to follow him? Mr. Smith asked. I, I can't tell you exactly why, but that's the alaka. So, Mr. Smith, I'm sorry for your shoes. Actually, I think your pink and green shoes look pretty nice together. Um, one pink, one green, but they look nice together. I, I think you're. I, I don't think you need new shoes. These are not my shoes that you painted. Oh, you bought shoes that are pink and green? The shoes that I, you painted are still wet inside, and I can't even put my foot in because they're shrinking as they dry. Well, Mr. Smith, I'm sorry. I am not paying you any money. Well, Mr. Smith left their house, and he was very upset. And he paced back and forth, and he couldn't understand. How could it be? Don't listen to the Rav. And he decided there's no choice. He's going to have to go talk to the Rebbe. And he went at 9 o'clock at night to the Rebbe's house. And he knocked on the door. And the Rebbe's kid opened the door. He was 12 years old. And Mr. Smith said, Could I please speak to your father? And the twelve year old boy said, I'm sorry my tati's not home yet. He's not home? No. At nine o'clock he uses Dafiyemi and when Dafiyemi finishes at ten o'clock he Mariv. After mariv at ten twenty he has a Musar state until ten forty five. After Musr he learns he dafyomi, I think he has Dafiyami. Hichaz until eleven thirty. Your father's not gonna be home till eleven thirty? That's right. I'll wait. Um, um, I, I don't think my mother wants you to wait in my house. Because we're trying to, like, all get ready for bed and stuff. Is it possible to come back later? Where did your father learn Daph Yomi? Uh, my father learned Daph Yomi in, in the, in the Shteebel. Oh, in the Shteebel? All right. But don't disturb him because he's, he's, he's trying to learn Daph and if you mess him up, and, and if you disturb him, and he doesn't learn the Daphs, that means he's going to have to learn two Dafs the next day, and that's going to take a long time. Don't worry, I'll deal with it. And Mr. Smith hops into his car and drives over to the shtiebel. It's a little shul in a house that has about 45 people davening there on a regular basis. And it's a, lot, a little bit crowded. And Dafyaimi over there has about 20 people who come to Dafyaimi. And it just happens to be that the Rebbe is the Masab, the, Rebbe is the Rebbe for the Dafyaimi. And so the Rebbe is sitting down in the middle of the Dafyaimi teaching the Daf when Mr. Smith walks in. And Mr. Smith walks in, and he walks over to the place where the Rebbe was sitting and teaching. And Mr. Smith sat down in a chair. And the Rebbe, while he's teaching, offers Mr. Smith a gemara. Mr. Smith shakes his head back and forth. And the Rebbe finishes a p- thought that he was sharing. He finishes a thought that he was sharing. He picks up his cup of coffee and takes a sip from his cup of coffee. During that pause, Mr. Smith said, uh, "Rebbe, I have a question." Oh. You just came to the shir five minutes ago and you already have a question. Sure. What is your question? My question is, did you tell Sammy, Sammy, he's not in the Gemara. I know. My question is, did you tell Sammy that you don't listen to Rabbanim? Did I tell Sammy that you don't listen to Rabbanim? Chas v'shalom. I never said such a thing. Sammy told me you did. Sammy, I I wouldn't necessarily get too concerned if Sammy said that you shouldn't listen to Rabbanim. But anyway, Mr. Smith, are you asking Sammy for advice? No. I'll tell you what happened. What happened was Sammy and Chaim were playing football in the backyard. And the Rebbe put up his hand. You know, Mr. Smith, I'm not in the middle of the Gemara. Is it possible that we can talk about this later? No, it's very important to talk about it now. I'll tell you what. Let me teach a little more. When I get to my next coffee drink, you'll tell me. And he talked for another fifteen minutes, and the, Mr. Smith waited there. And then Mr. Smith said, when he picked up his coffee, Mr. Smith said, "And and Sammy and Chaim were playing football in the backyard." And the Rebbe said, "Is it possible, Mr. Smith, that what you're going to tell me may be lashon hara? Uh, it's possible. So so maybe don't tell me. Okay, fine. I- I'll start the story over. So anyway, so I was sitting. I was getting ready to paint." You know, Mr. Smith, could you wait till my next coffee break? Because now, now I have to move on. Everyone's ready for me to move on. Finally, at ten fifteen, Ma'ariv ended a few minutes early. Mr. Smith came over to the Rebbe before he sat down to his Musa seder, and he said, "Rebbe, I know that you have five minutes before Musa seder." Oh, how do you know? Your son told me. Oh, okay so listen to my story and he told the story and he said so I went to the rough and the Rav Paskin that they have to pay me and then Sammy when I told Sammy Sammy I told, and when I told Chaim and Sammy Chaim was very scared because he knew that he was going to pay me $800 a lot of money you buy $800 shoes the Rebbe asked why do you need $800 shoes like, like why don't you just buy $20 shoes $20 shoes they, they do the same thing all you do with a pair of shoes is you put them on your feet and you walk around right What's the difference if they cost $800 or if they cost $20? And Mr. Smith said, you'd never understand. But $800 shoes when you walk, it feels like you're walking on chashivus. You feel like special. You feel different. Oh, I guess I feel different when I walk on my $20 shoes. It's easier for me to feel different. Well, anyway, yeah, so so what happened? And the Rav passed him that they have to pay. And I came to Sammy, and I told Sammy, and Sammy said, he's not paying. And I said, why not? And Sammy said, because the rule that Rabbi taught us just today was, Ein b'mamain achar Rav, that you don't go after the Rav when it comes to rules about money. And since the Rav said, that I have to that, that that they have to pay, and since the Rav said they have to pay, that means I don't have to pay. That's what Sammy said. Did you teach Sammy such a terrible thing that you don't follow Rabbonim? Ein holchen be Achar Rav. And the Rebbe burst out laughing. Now I know why you learn Musr a lot, Mister Smith said, because you make fun of other people who are in pain and who are suffering. No, no, it's not that. It's not that. Chaser I, Shalom. I recognize your suffering. I, I really feel bad for you, he said. It's just that Sammy, Sammy got a little confused. Maybe he misunderstood what I said in the class. The actual words of the Gemara are You don't go after money. I'm sorry. You don't go after the majority. For, for for the rules of money if many people hold one way for example if many people call a certain container a Chavis and some people call it a Kad and the person gets confused and he asks for one and he's given the other you can't undo the deal between them because we follow even minority opinion when it comes to money Mr. Smith said I didn't get that. All right. You know what? I'm not going to explain the whole point. But basically, you don't follow the majority when it comes to money. And since you don't follow the majority when it comes to money, therefore, there are different alochic ramifications. But the word is rove, not rav. You don't go after the majority when it comes to money. Not that you don't go after the rav when it comes to money. Oh, great. Thank you so much. And Mr. Smith hopped back to his car. And it was 1030 at night. He raced back to Sammy's house. He knocked on the door. Nobody answered. He rang the doorbell. Sammy's father came to the door. Who is it? He said through the closed door. Mr. Smith. He opened the door. Mr. Smith, is everything okay? You know, it's already 1030. Usually people don't ring doorbells after 10 o'clock or 930. It's really important. I I have to speak to Sammy. Sammy at 1030 at night? He's already in bed. It's very important. Okay. Okay. And his father went up, got Sammy out of bed. Sammy was in his pajamas. He came downstairs with his little shluff yamulkan, wearing his slippers, flip-flopping slippers. And he was stretching and yawning because he was so tired. And Mr. Smith said, I spoke to your Rebbe. And your Rebbe said that you are allowed to follow the Rav. It's ein hochem, be mamain, You don't go after majority when it comes to money. And Sammy looked at Mr. Smith. And shook his head back and forth, right to left, as if to say no. And Mr. Smith said, why not? Why aren't you going to pay me? And Sammy said, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. What's uh 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 And Sammy's father, who was listening into the conversation, said, Sammy, did you say a mappil already? Sammy shook his head. Ah, Sammy said a mappil. so he doesn't want to talk after a mapil, because a mappil is like a brook. I'm going to sleep, and he wants to go to sleep. Maybe you continue the conversation in the morning? Well, the next morning, as Sammy walked out the door to go to school at 7.45, a little earlier than usual, Mr. Smith was standing in the doorway. Sammy literally walked into his stomach. Ouch, Mr. Smith said. Why are you here, Sammy said. I'm going to school. What are you doing in my way? I want to tell you you guys owe me money. Just then, Chaim walked outside. Yes, you owe me money, and Chaim said, but but," Sammy said we don't. I spoke to Sammy's rabbi. It's not true. He owes money. Well, Sammy said, like I told you last night, we don't owe you any money. You don't owe money? No. Nope. But you spill paint all over my shoes. But we don't owe you any money. Why not? Mr. Smith was getting upset. And Sammy said, because, and he started to walk down the block. Mr. Smith began to walk after Sammy, chasing him around. Why? Tell me why. Why don't you owe me money? Why don't don't you owe me money? And Sammy looked up at Mr. Smith, and he said with a big smile on his face, he said, Mr. Smith, how old am I? And Mr. Smith looked at Sammy and said, how should I know? You never tell anybody how old you are. That's true. But I have a different question. Am I 13 years old bar mitzvah? No. Uh huh. And what does the halacha about a child who does damage? Uh, uh, uh. That's right. That's right. A child who does damage doesn't have to pay. Yeah, but the rav said you have to pay, and you have to listen to the rav. Did you tell the rav? That a child did the damage. No, but I didn't tell him because I didn't think it mattered. Ah. But if you go back to the rav and you tell him, then the rav will say I don't have to pay. Listen, smart Alec. I'm not a smart Alec. My name is Sammy. I'm a smart Sammy. No, no, no. You're you're being chuspedik. I'm not being chuspedik. I'm okay. I'm sorry. I said it wrong. Is it possible that the Mishnah says that halacha says that a Khatam doesn't have to pay for damages? Yeah, that's fine, but that's for you. What What about your brother, Chaim? He he's over bar mitzvah, and he and he should be paying. He should be paying for the damage he caused. My brother Chaim, he should pay for the damage. That's right. That's right. Because didn't didn't, didn't he throw it into my uh, into my bucket? Not really. He didn't want to throw it into the bucket. Yeah, but he threw it into the bucket. It, it hit my hand first, kind of. Yeah, but who cares? Well, in, in basketball, the rule is the last person who touches it is the one who gets who gets out of bounds. No, no, but this is not basketball. If he threw it, he should pay. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Chaim looked at Mr. Smith and said, Mr. Smith, I, I, I don't think I'm a to pay. Why not? Because I just remembered something I learned in class only, only a little while ago, a couple days maybe. What's that? I learned something about Grandma Benizakin, uh, uh, is putter. Sammy looked at his brother. What? You're about grandma in knee socks? I thought these socks were for Hanukkah, like pursuing knee socks. What are we talking about knee socks with grandma? Why is grandma wearing knee socks and, and what's she her from? If she stole them, I'm so confused. No, 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 so, no. Sammy, Nami, not, not grandma, Grandma. Oh, grummy? Well, is, that, is, that, is that like German for grandmother? No, 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 no. And, and no, no. No, 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 no. Grama means indirect damage, causing damage. Grama means yizakin, causing damage. Putter is putter. You can't hold somebody responsible. The halacha doesn't hold somebody responsible for causing damage. I threw the ball. That's true. The ball hit Sammy's fingers. I, and that's true. And then it the, landed in the bucket, right? Yeah. And after the bucket, the bucket fell off the ladder, right? And then it landed on the shoes. So I caused the shoes to be damaged, but I didn't damage them myself. And the rule is, Grandma Benizakin, a uh, grandmother wearing knee socks, I mean, Grandma Benizakin, Sammy, you all confused me. Grandma Benizakin, potter. that uh, indirect damage is potter. And Mr. Smith walked away from the boys, muttering to himself, Children these days, they know too much. As they continued to walk to school, now that Mr. Smith had left them alone, Sammy turned to Chaim, and Sammy said to Chaim, "So, so if a person causes someone damage, then then nobody's going to hold them responsible in any way, right? That's what Chazal say. Okay, good. Because um, I want you to know something, Chaim. Yes, you know how yesterday you did your big book report on on your four hundred and fifty page book. Yeah, and, and you know how you left it on your desk. Yeah, and you know how I was in the room. Yeah." And you know how I was trying to balance um, cups of water? Yes. And that's why the carpet was all wet. Right. Well, you know what happened? I was balancing the cups of water very well, and all of a sudden one of the cups fell. Did you spill water all over my assignment, all over my book report? No, no, I didn't spill water over the book report. But what happened was, while it was falling, I was trying to stop it from falling. Did you knock my book report onto the wet floor? No, no, not at all, not at all. But as I was trying to stop it from falling, I banged against the dresser. So? And, and on the dresser was, you know, that Dio? The what? The Dio that you got from your Rebbe? You mean the Safrasink? The thing that I, my Rebbe gave us so that we could practice writing the letters of the Aleph bays in, in special total writing letters? Yeah. Well, you, I, I, I crashed into the dresser, and the dresser had the ink on it. And the ink jar fell off onto the desk. And what happened? And the ink jar cracked. And and the ink spilled out kind of on the report. But I put that report in my backpack this morning. Yeah, well, I I, I think it dried off the ink. But, oh, you mean my report is full of ink? But then your, your response, it's your fault, Sammy. But... Remember, rama b'nizakin Potter. Uh, it's an indirect damage. Because I, I, it was really the cup's fault. I grabbed the cup, and therefore, I crashed into the dresser. It caused the ink to fall. The jar broke and spilled all over the water. That's for sure. It, it's not direct damage. And, and, and I shouldn't be held responsible. Well, I don't care, but I'm still mad at you. Chaim, you're not allowed to be mad at me. Why not? Because aren't you trying to become a big tzaddik? Yes. And a big tzaddik? Yes. Yes. Don't you know that Moshe, when somebody spilled all over his notes, he didn't get mad at anybody? My name's not Moshe. I'm not trying to become Ramosha. Moshe. I'm trying to become Rab Chaim. Actually, there's a story about Chaim also that somebody really it, made a mess of his notes and he didn't get mad. When Chaim got to school and reached into his backpack and he extracted his assignment, he was shocked to see that there were no words on his pages. His pages were all black. And he went to the teacher and he said, Teacher, I can't turn in my assignment because my brother, he messed it up. And the teacher said, well, if you don't turn it in, you're going to get a zero. And he said, but it's not my fault. It, it, it 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 was, my brother caused it to happen. It's his fault. And the teacher said, well, if your brother caused things to happen, if it's your brother's fault, then your brother should have to redo your assignment for you.